This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Today on the newscast, Bibi addresses the UN about the looming Israel-Saudi peace deal, stopping a nuclear Iran, and Israel's role in the rise of AI. Get all the breaking details next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. It has been a very busy week at the UN General Assembly in New York, in particular for Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Now, even before Bibi arrived in New York, he had traveled to California to meet with Elon Musk, where they talked about the rise of artificial intelligence and a variety of other topics. Then he did fly on to the UN and held meetings with Zelensky of Ukraine, Erdogan of Turkey, and President Biden. And today it culminated in Bibi's speech before the UN General Assembly, a generally very hostile crowd to Israel, to say the least. Now, we want to break this speech down real quick, folks. And I want to toss to a clip from my interview with Benjamin Netanyahu a few months back where he talked about these issues as well. Four issues in particular that he focused on this morning, September 22nd, before the UN General Assembly, number one, the Saudi peace deal, the looming Saudi peace deal, what Bibi called a coming new Middle East, his words. Secondly, the Iranian nuclear threat, not only nuclear, but the Iranian threat in general and what Israel will do to stop it. Uh, number three, the Palestinian issue. And number four, he spent a good chunk of his speech on the rise of artificial intelligence and Israel's role in AI. We're going to unpack it in a minute. Before I do, quick reminder to subscribe to the Watchman News channel right here on YouTube and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted, folks. And by the way, if you miss any of our videos, you can just check them out here in our archives. Just go to the homepage under newscast. You may find yesterday's newscast live stream in particular very interesting because we really broke down Saudi Arabia, what's going on there between the Saudis and Israel, but also the very noteworthy and newsworthy uh, interview this week that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, known as MBS for short, gave to Brett Baer of Fox News, in which MBS said normalization between Saudi Arabia and Israel is growing closer by the day. And he also said in regards to Iran's nuclear program, meaning a nuclear bomb, if they get one, then we need to get one. Wow. So the title of yesterday's newscast was A Nuclear Saudi Arabia. There was a question mark there because those are still, or that is still, a topic in discussion right now as the drive towards Israel-Saudi normalization continues with the Biden administration playing a role there as well. So let's go to Bibi's speech. He did address this. He said, look, he didn't dwell too much on the Saudi issue. He talked more broadly about the Abraham Accords. And he said, hey, all of you, meaning the UN General Assembly, the assembled nations and world leaders, laughed at me a few years back when I said, hey, we are close. We can have peace, a comprehensive peace with the Sunni Arab nations. And they all 
kind of scoffed at him and said, never, not without a peace with the Palestinians. Well, guess what, folks? The Abraham Accords in 2020, Morocco, UAE, Bahrain, and Sudan all came into the fold without any kind of formal peace between Israel and the Palestinians or the establishment of a Palestinian state. So he made that point today, and it kind of dovetailed with him saying, look, we're getting close to normalization with Saudi Arabia. Bibi said that would mean a new Middle East, and he actually showed maps. He's kind of fond of doing this at his speeches to the UN General Assembly. He uses props, I guess you would say. He had a map of Israel in 1948, obviously surrounded by completely hostile nations, and a map of Israel today, and look, folks, Jordan, Egypt, UAE, Bahrain, further away, Morocco and Sudan, but Saudi Arabia was also marked on this new Middle East map that Bibi showed as a friendly nation to Israel. So he says we're on the dawn of a new Middle East, and he also says, moving to the Palestinian issue, look, the more that Arab nations make peace with Israel, the more the Palestinians are isolated. And they know that. And Netanyahu said, look, Mahmoud Abbas engaging in Holocaust denial just two weeks ago, saying that Adolf Hitler was not an anti-Semite. He didn't target the Jews because of anti-Semitism. And he went on and on. We, we quoted extensively from this insane Abbas speech a few weeks ago. Bibi referenced it, and he said, look, the Palestinians are going to feel the heat. If, if even Saudi Arabia makes peace with Israel, what do the Palestinians do? The problem is, folks, and we unpacked this on yesterday's newscast, who is the peace partner? on the Palestinian side. Mahmoud Abbas, who we just mentioned, clearly not of the Palestinian Authority. Hamas in Gaza, clearly not a terrorist Iranian proxy. So people pushing this two-state solution have their hands full, needless to say, especially when it could require Israel giving up any chunks of the biblical heartland of Judea and Samaria. But Bibi also talked about, of course, uh, the Iranian threat and just reiterated, the world hasn't done enough clearly, and he called them all out, as he should. He outlined Iran's support for terror around the world and the region, its drive for nuclear weapons, issues we talk about daily here in the newscast. And he made very clear once again, <clears throat> we will do, meaning Israel, whatever we need to do to stop a nuclear Iran in its tracks. And yes, folks, that does mean military action, no doubt. So the fourth point I thought was fascinating, he dwelled on this at length as he closed his speech today, artificial intelligence, and he got biblical. Uh, Bibi was quoting from the Bible, the mountain of cursing and the mountain of blessing from the Old Testament, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim. And he said, look, we have two choices ahead of us. AI could be a good thing, according to Netanyahu, or it could be a very bad thing, especially if it falls into the wrong hands. And he unpacked that. He seems very optimistic about artificial intelligence and the positive role it can play. He said that Israel will be at the forefront uh, and I'm not surprised Israel is a technological innovator, but folks, if you've been watching this newscast, you know that we have a lot of questions about AI, to say the least. I actually just hosted an, a special on TBN, an hour-long, called The Rise of Artificial Intelligence. What AI will mean for you, your family, for the church, a lot of questions. Prophetically, what does it mean? I encourage you to check out that full special where we, where we dug into that as well. But very interesting to see... Bibi so interested in AI and Israel's potential role there, folks. Wow, we live in Bible times, no doubt. Speaking of Bibi and I, here it is. I sat down with him in December, late December 2022, just as he was ready, literally the week he was ready to take office once again. 
And the reason I'm throwing to this clip is because even then, he was touching on the issues that he talked about today at the UN. I think it's very timely and very interesting still. Take a look. Do you see echoes today? And I'm, we're talking Iran right now, of course, and Iran's proxies in the region. Do you see echoes between that gathering storm in the 1930s that Churchill saw many in the West did not want to acknowledge? It seems today we're in a similar situation, Mr. Prime Minister, where many Western leaders do not want to acknowledge that Iranian threat, how it threatens not only Israel and the region, but the world, including where I'm sitting right now, the United States. First of all, it's important to recognize that Iran chants death to Israel, death to, the, to America. And we are the little Satan, you're the large Satan. And by the way, in one fundamental thing, they're right. We are a reflection of Western uh, civilization in the heart of the Middle East. And they think that if they destroyed us, they'll overtake the Middle East, where they're developing intercontinental ballistic missiles that could reach, with nuclear warheads, any city in the United States. So it's not merely an Israeli interest, it's an American interest, and the interest of everyone in between, in Europe and so on. Now, did they see it? Uh, not recently, not until recently. But I have a feeling that there's a change in the way they perceive it. They're not rushing forward, I'm glad to see, in Washington yeah. to uh, rekindle this horribly flawed Iran deal, which would pave Iran's path with gold, with hundreds of billions of dollars of uh, sanction relief on the way to a nuclear arsenal. Doesn't stop them, just pays them to delay by a few years. There is only one way to stop a rogue nation from developing nuclear weapons. It's by a combination of crippling sanctions, and the most critical thing is a credible military option. And unless we have that threat with Iran, then yes, you will have that change. But here's what I sense, the difference is. I've been you know, speaking against the wind for too long, but I think the wind has changed right now. Because because of the brave men and extraordinarily brave women of Iran who are dying in the streets, protesting their, their enslavement and subjugation, fighting for freedom. There is a coalition that is building across a wide spectrum of nations and political opinion that really sees Iran for what it is, a horrible regime, that if such a regime would have nuclear weapons and the means to deliver them worldwide, then yes, it would threaten the peace of the entire world and not just Israel. As you are entering another term at the helm, uh, what are your goals with the Abraham Accords? Do you see real potential to expand the Accords? Absolutely, for the reasons you described. One is the concern of, uh, with Iranian aggression, obviously, and the fact that Israel is uh, no longer seen as uh, an enemy by most of the Arab countries, but as their indispensable ally in pushing back on Iranian aggression. And certainly my commitment to prevent Iran from having nuclear weapons, I think, serves everybody well. Uh, the second reason is also that we Israeli technology, this juggernaut of innovation, helps the uh, you know the uh, the Arab populations as well in uh, uh, desalinization, in energy, uh, in uh, medicine, you name it, agriculture, in all these areas, uh, the Arab populations stand to benefit as well. So, both for both reasons, I see a fertile field for expanding the peace beyond the historic. Uh, for uh, peace treaties that we have with the UAE, Morocco, uh, Bahrain, and uh, and Sudan. And yes, I, I think Saudi Arabia would be, uh, look, the Abraham Accords were a quantum leap. If we have uh, uh, for peace, if we have peace with Saudi Arabia, 
It will be a quantum leap over a quantum leap. Folks, I encourage you to watch my entire interview with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. You can find it here in our archives on the channel. Uh, he talked about his family life growing up, his father's influence, what the death of his brother meant to him and the influence that event had on him and much more. You really got a chance to see BB the man and the personal side during our interview. So I really encourage you to check that out. One last thing before I go, Yom Kippur is next week, the day of atonement, the holiest day on the Jewish calendar and Israelis will be observing it. Of course, they're in the midst of the high holidays right now. And this is a great time to support our good friends at Mayor Panim, whose soup kitchens and pantries throughout the land of Israel are feeding Israel's neediest, including children, including Holocaust survivors. Folks, I have been privileged to be with Mayor Panim helping to serve Holocaust survivors hot meals. They are doing God's work. And when you join with Mayor Panim, you're fulfilling that biblical mandate, Genesis 12:3, a foundational verse for the watchman here, to bless the people of Israel. No doubt. I take that very seriously. I don't partner with a whole lot of organizations, as you might know if you watch a newscast, but I strongly believe in Mayor Panim, their mission, and what they are doing for such a time as this. Check them out, mpgive.org. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until next time, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.